Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America, it's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice, the C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, uh, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Welcome back to the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I want to thank you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here over Red State talk radio the largest talk platform in fact it is the talk monster in uh, the country and uh, i'm glad to be a part of their family traveling through times square look up above ripley's believe it or not and every hour the cl bryant show does um pop up there on the big screen in times square and um ocl's face looking right back at you there i certainly am glad uh, that this is the day of reckoning, at least tonight is. Tonight is a day of reckoning, uh, no question uh, about it. Um, Mike Pence is going to hold his own really good with uh, Socialist Kamala Harris. I tweeted that out just a little bit ago, and if you don't follow me on Twitter, follow me at Rev, R-E-V, at Rev, R-E-V-C-L Bryant. And... Um, I listen today is wise woman Wednesday, but my uh, wise woman who sets this up for me, Michelle, my producer, executive producer, she's trying to get her daughter married. Okay, she she's I mean, she's doing that mom thing uh, somewhere in Florida and she is uh, getting that done. And Michelle. I'm going to admit it. I'm going to admit it maybe for the. Six time in six years. I have to do it once a year, and usually before Christmas, so you don't look for a bonus or anything of that nature. So, <laughs> so uh, you did you you did really good with this wise women thing, and I miss I miss the fact that you did not that uh, we were not able to put uh, a wise woman on today. So, as uh, Rush would say. Uh, my fellow Americans, y- you have me. <laughs> and so I hope that is uh, sufficient for you today. Gavin Newsom, government, governor of California. Now, this goes from lame to absurd to just totally ludicrous. Yeah, just totally ludicrous. Uh, check this out. And, and, and Google it yourself. You, you got to read this for yourself. This idiot is saying that um, if you're in the restaurant, of course, you should have the mask on at the table and you pull the mask down to take bites of food, but you cover your mouth again 
while you chew. Oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, that's that uh, you heard me. <laughs> this idiot is, is saying to us that uh in in California, the people in California uh, thank God. Uh, I mean, California is beautiful. I love Southern California. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It's just full of total. Anyway, you go into the restaurant. Now, this is what I was talking about yesterday, how crazy this was. Because air circulates, friends. Have we lost total uh, gauge on common sense, a total gauge on common sense? it's totally against anything that uh, medical professionals would want you to do anyway, because they, according to them, you're not supposed to touch the mask and then pull it back up because now you contaminated your hand. But Gavin Newsom, governor of California is saying that's okay. (laughs) You should cover your mouth while you're chewing. Have you tried that? I never have, but I don't think it'd be very pleasant because that's not what we were, we were designed to do by the creator. We were not designed for that, to do that. And this is also revealing something else to us, friends. It's revealing to us just how made up. <laughs> oh, they're making th- they made this up from day one. It goes all the way back to Joe Biden saying that the president was being uh, homophobic and xenophobic, not homophobic, but xenophobic. (laughs) Well, maybe, I don't know. And, and, And racist. It goes back to Nancy Pelosi going down to Chinatown and taking this very lightly and then now trying to turn the table as though it was the president who failed America. No, it was them. It was them. They are liars and they cannot be trusted. Now, what the governor of California is telling Californians is totally contradictory to what the the, the medical scientists have been saying about this uh, mask thing all along. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this science thing here. You see, friends, Yes, I am not a, no, I am not a science denier at all, but I am a person who believes that common sense trumps everything. Common sense uh, infused with certain knowledge that you've studied and read yourself. The smartest people that I have known in life have not had doctorate degrees or master's degrees or not even college degrees. Okay. They, in fact, uh, the smartest man that I have ever known. Um, yes. The two smartest men, my father, and my grandfather, neither one of them had more than a third grade education. They're the wisest men I have ever, ever known. Most successful men in their day that I have known. And and so this scientific thing that is beginning to just pop up every time someone says something contrary to what people want, the the, the socialist and those who would ruin this country and uh, change this country, 
what they fundamentally want you to do is trust them. Forget about what you think. What, what you think couldn't possibly uh, you know, measure up to anything they have told you. Nothing that you uh, can possibly imagine or think of on your own can equal the, the loftiness of their thoughts. You do understand that they are becoming scientific and economic, scientific and educational snobs on this, having written the textbooks themselves. They wrote the textbooks that they want you and I now to believe in. And if we don't believe in that, then somehow we have given them the idea that they can punish us for not adhering to the textbook that they have written on everything, including climate and how it changes and how you are evil. A knuckle-dragging Neanderthal, if you ask a simple question, a, a question like this one, a question like this one. Uh, here's a question that they would, they would punish you for asking. Did the forest in California burn down 150 years ago? Like they're burning down today. The answer to that question is you better believe it. But there was no industrial revolution that had taken place at that time. And no one, uh, of course, I guess they wouldn't know uh, to think of the phrase climate change. But has the climate been changing for over 150 years in the way that scientists are saying that it's causing these fires out in California now? Huh? I mean, I mean you, know, you get punished if you ask that kind of question. So you know what you do? You know what you begin to do once you get started, tired of getting beat over the head for asking a, a, a common sense question? You begin to go along just so that you don't get beat over the head. They hammer you into submission because no one likes to be ostracized. And we all need each other in, 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 in ways that, um, well, it's just a human thing. Humans need other humans. Yeah, I admire um, mothers and that type thing. I was talking to um, my friend, and I told her that, um, of course, I've never been a mother and can never understand what all that's about, you know. And, of course, when I was married uh, to the mother of my children, I um, there was things that she would do in, in relation with the kids 
that I, as a man, would never and could never even fathom. It's it's beyond me. But that's that mother thing. My whole point is there's a natural order to the way things go. And going back to Gavin Newsom saying, uh, the governor of California saying that people in restaurants can sit at the table and, of course, eat their food, but in between bites while you chew. You have to put the mask over your chewing a mouth and nose. I haven't tried that, but uh, I, I just, I just don't see how that is going. That is not natural. And 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 what I was saying after that, which led me to where I went with the mother love and all of that. Is is that that is so unnatural for us to do. But yet. We conform to it. We go ahead and do it. Going and going along to get along. Is that the type of life that you want? Some people, I mean, I asked that question among some friends on a phone call the other day. Both liberals, conservatives were on this call. The liberal. Well, I'd rather be doing that uh, alive than doing that dead. That's those were those were the exact words. I'm not too sure your body would be doing much. If, if if we were dead, and if you believe in a, the spirit, the spirit world, and, you know, and the life going on, and returning to the Creator who gave you life, um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, he'd rather be doing it alive than be doing it dead. Okay, so so uh, oh, you'll get that. You'll get that. And and I understand his logic. I understand what he's saying. He'd rather be alive wearing a mask than be dead because he didn't wear one. Oh, my. Friends, I've told you once, I'm going to tell you again. Uh, and I've told you many times, I'm going to say it again. That third grade educated father of mine who went on to be a very successful man in the restaurant business and all this type stuff. <laughs> he said something to me when I was, um, when we were at my grandfather's funeral. My, no, his uncle, his, his, his uncle's funeral, Uncle Harold. We were at his uncle's funeral in San Francisco. And he said, um, you know, Harold live his life really good. And son, remember this. All of us are going to live until we die. Uh-huh. 
All of us are going to live until we die. And then he said, you got to live until you die, son. That's what Harold did. Now, at the age of seven years old, now that was kind of heavy to ponder. And it made no sense to me whatsoever. Because, yeah, Uncle Harold was obviously dead. And his living was over. So he had lived until he died. That's the only way I could look at it as a a six, seven-year-old kid. But Dad was saying something much different than that. Much deeper as I began to uh, turn that over in my head as I got older and began to lose friends by natural means or unnatural means. And when I was younger, it was unnatural means that I lost friends. They lived until they died, but did they really live at all? And, and here we are in, in this world of uh, pandemic and, and things bursting out all around us and, and so forth. And the impositions and restrictions that government is putting on us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you what kind of life is this? Oh, yeah, sure. It's great to be alive. Great to wake up and see another day that the Lord has made. I'm, I'm going to be glad and rejoice in it. But am I really trusting him in this day or am I trusting government to tell me what I can enjoy in this day? That is where we're going with this, my friends. We are becoming codependent upon the opinions of those who operate in theory. And that's scientists. Until they can answer the question for you and for me, did Southern California forest burn 200 years ago? Did they catch fire? You better believe they did because lightning would strike in the forest and uh, the, the brush was the same. Southern California, California's a, if we're by and large, that part of California is a desert. High and low. Desert. It's always caught on fire, but now you're hearing this thing assigned to it as though climate change is causing that. No, it is always caught on fire. And these are the people who are telling you whether or not to wear a mask and chew with it over your face when you're at a restaurant or not. There's a certain deception going on here. And the cover is being blown back, and we still don't know why Hillary Clinton has not been indicted over creating four years of absolute lies. What's happening here? What's going on? I'll be back. We'll examine it a little bit more. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. Thank you for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation daily right here over Red State Talk Radio throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. How long can she endure? I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. You too can become a ward of the state. (laughs) Yeah, you can. You can become a ward of the state. How would you like that? Welcome back to C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant. And um, yeah, this this is real. This is what they're uh, moving toward. This is what they would want you to become. A responsibility of the state, which means that everything that is incompetent about that, everything that is incompetent about what how government runs things, becomes the guiding factor in your life. And the standards that will be set for you. Oh, oh, I I know that all of it sounds good to our uh, sometimes our our, our young people who don't understand what life is about. And life is about living it. I'm talking about American life now. I can't I I don't I don't know what happens in Germany. I don't know what goes on in Guam or, or, you know, Netherlands. I don't know. Nigeria and I have no clue. I just know what life has been like and was like for me anyway. I mean, let me speak for myself and maybe you can talk for you. I remember what life was like for me in America before all of this. Do you, do you remember what life was like for you? Where where did that go? Oh, we were out and about and hobnobbing and having folks over and doing everything. Hey, we were living our lives, and then all of a sudden, and yeah, the Chinese let the, the thing out of the bag. But I believe that all of us took this pandemic to a place that it should never have gone, and there is only one reason why it went to this level of hysteria, at least created hysteria and yeah folks this was created by the news media it's created and it was created it was a perfect storm and i'm and listen even though i am not a conspiracy theorist it just plays right into what the chinese would have liked to happen to america and that is the economy that was absolutely roaring the economy that had them totally in check had little Kim up in North Korea, totally in check, had the Iranians in check. This president was a juggernaut 
Do you remember what life was like before this happened? The sun was shining on America, and I got to believe that the good Lord was smiling upon us. He still is. But I believe that we now are becoming very much codependent on government. Are you? How would you like to be a ward? Ward, W-A-R-D, responsibility, a ward of the state. That's what you are becoming. You do understand that, right? Especially when you have governors like Gavin Newsom in California. <laughs> and he's telling his people in, in the state there, and governors do this. Understood, governors do this. But he's telling his people in that state, and governors have the ability to enforce, enforce you know, things on the citizens of that state because you're in the state that's being governed by him. So that becomes your state of mind, your state of life. Every state's different because it's a state. Missouri is much different than Louisiana. Louisiana much different than Florida uh, and certainly in California. It's like a state of mind. Whatever state you live in, there is a certain state of mind that, that's there in that state. And, and sometimes it's different in different parts of the state. The state of mind is different in states among the citizens, but everybody's a Louisianian. You know, southern Louisiana, much different. But this is my point. My point is that you can become a ward of the state. If you go along with it and if you uh, if, if you if you allow the lunacy of a governor saying to his citizens in restaurants, go in, order the meal. And when you take a bite of the meal, cover your face to chew. <laughs> yeah. I think they may have just uh, driven themselves <laughs> to the to the edge of this thing. And they're about to fall and land. And find themselves falling into an abyss. This could never have worked. Liberalism and socialism has never worked. Because it can't work in America as long as there is a living American. At least it won't work on that American. He'll always rebel. She'll always rebel against uh, that because it is totalitarianism and that is against the true nature. But what they are doing to the nation now is breeding that out of the children and then they're making fun of you when they have your children at school telling your children that you are totally out of your mind. Your, your mommy and daddy have no clue what they're talking about. Only we know the truth. We who promote climate change. Only we know the truth. Those, uh, they will tell you, who promote um, 
killing babies even to the point of uh, when they're born. They, they know the truth. Those who want to disrupt, dismantle the American family, they, 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 they know the truth and they have your children daily. It, whether it's virtually or in person, they have your children daily. You hear about the uh, kid the other day? Uh, I can't remember what state it was in. Uh, yeah, you can just Google. Kid gets kicked out of virtual class. Google that. Kid gets kicked out of virtual class for saying he admired um, President Trump. <laughs> Oh, I'm not, I can't, I'm not making this up. He was on, he was the, listen, the kid was in a virtual, virtual classroom on his computer, presumably at his home. And the question to the class, the virtual class was, who do you admire? This kid said he admired President Trump. And he was promptly reprimanded and kicked out, told to log off of the virtual class. The mother and parents of this child confronted the teacher about it and uh, He said, the teacher said, that anyone who has promoted division and hate and racism the way Donald Trump has promoted, this was his answer to the mother, to the parents of this kid that was kicked out of virtual school. Do you understand where this is going, huh? Do you understand understand where they're taking you here, huh? You'd better wake up. There is a worldview, there is a thought process that is in um, full swing, geared toward derailing any inkling of patriotism, any inkling of exceptionalism. You you do know that's that's basically what America in its uh, true greatness. That's the edge that we have against the rest of the world, but it's being bred out. We're exceptional. We're an exceptional nation. But Barack Obama began uh, telling us that we weren't. We weren't exceptional. I mean, we're, we're like everybody else. Everybody else, just like us. No, they're not. No, they weren't. No, they're not. America is an exceptional nation because of its principles. And yes, we've overcome incredible things. But because of its principles that has made those difficult things of the past um, better. Whereas other nations 
they still suffer socially in ways that we have long overcome. Maybe it's because they're, you know, more homogenous uh, than than we are. You know, France, you know, mostly have Frenchmen. I mean, yeah, you have black Frenchmen and you have Frenchmen, but it's France. Same with England. They don't have to overcome anything because they're, they're all, they're all uh, of one, you know, they're English. They, they have their differences. They have their differences in politics and everything, but they're still English. Uh, there's no room for huge exceptionalism for other people to succeed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In America, you have so many different types of people and the exceptional part is each one of them has the opportunity to succeed. The people in England know if you're if you're born onto a, um, a, a, a a plot of land and you have a landlord and all that kind of thing, and your parents were peasants, and a good chance you're going to be that too. In England. You are not a royal, you're not um, among the elite. You become what they call a commoner. And I think you basically remain a commoner unless you hit the jackpot. And even though in, uh, when we talk about Princess Diana, uh, she was uh, well-connected, even though some would call her a commoner. Her family was well-connected. But here in America, here in America, you can come here as a commoner. I mean, as poor as a church mouse. And with the right idea and the best and the right work ethic in America, you can be anything you want to be. Anything you want to be regardless of who your father was, regardless of where you came from, you can be anything you want to be. And so, do you want to be a ward of the state? Is my question to you. Seeing how it is, you can be anything you want to be, but the state will only tell you that you're going to be this. You understand that is where it's going because only the elite, only the people that they consider useful to them, like the person you will see on the stage debating Vice President Pence tonight, Kamala Harris. They have placed her in an elite status. Downtown Willie Brown, former mayor of San Francisco, black first black mayor of San Francisco perhaps at one time the most powerful man in California, making him one of the most powerful men in the country back in his day. Oh, yeah, he dated Kamala even while he was married. He dated Kamala. And he, now he, he tells, and I can never, you can never trust this because it's coming from somebody who obviously um, you could be yelling sour grapes, you know. But you will see liberalism, elite liberalism in action tonight on the debate stage with Vice President Pence. Uh, why do I say that? Kamala Harris is a loser. 
She was a, uh, you know, I would say that she was very successful as a prosecutor in California, but she's a hypocrite. Because Kamala's main job in California was to make sure that the people who had money in California were protected from criminals who mostly were Latino and black. She put them in jail in by the droves. She drove. She she was a cattle herder when it came to putting minorities in jail. But now, of course, she uh, is the champion of all things minority. And the minorities in California kind of view her as hypocritical. So, uh, friends, here we are right now. Looking at this. And this is what we need to look at. Once they, if, if they were ever to take power, God forbid, God forbid that Joe Biden ever becomes president of the United States. Go, oh, if, if you have one prayer on your lips when you wake up in the morning, when you lay down at night, all through the day. For the next 28 to 27 days, you better pray that Joe Biden does not become president of the United States because Kamala Harris will have her first term as president because Joe will bow out real soon. And then the elites will begin to run things. Let me tell you how they're going to begin to run it. Let me tell you how they began to run it. I must hearken back. I must go back to the glory days of high school, Fair Park High, Shreveport, Louisiana. I um, became one of the darlings of the speech and drama and all that type stuff, clubs and all that. You know, I became pretty good at it and debate team, you know, all that kind of thing. But I was never a socialite. And you know what I'm talking about? Anybody, all you know, in that high school click and that high school crowd, you have your, you know who they are. You have your socialites. I think they call them the cool kids or something now. Not that I wasn't a cool kid. I was totally cool. But um, in fact, I was too cool. I was cooler. I was cooler than the cool kids, and which meant I was somewhat radical, which made me um, basically on the outside. I mean, uh, of the socialites. See, the socialites—they were cool to themselves. Anything outside of that social circle was not cool. Now they could invite you in if you were a friend of a socialite. But you were treated like um, a friend of a socialite who really didn't deserve to be there. Oh, hey, listen to me. I'm, I'm describing something here that's coming down the pike for all of America if you allow these socialists. But I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth leaving So you clean me up 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Coming to you throughout the Fruited Plains and around the globe over Red State, the talk monster, the largest talk platform in uh, uh, the nation. And uh, certainly I'm glad that you come along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation. Thank you so much for making the show as popular as it has become. And friends, I got to tell you, this is, of course, wise. Well, Michelle had set it up uh, to be that way, uh, my executive producer. Uh, She had set it up to uh, be wise women Wednesday, and I really am totally on with that idea. But um, Michelle is getting her daughter married off, um, and um, she and her husband are uh, doing that wedding bell blues thing for parents. It is a great joy for a couple starting their lives off uh, together and and all that kind of thing. Always happy to see that happen. Um, So I I just don't have... um, I'm going to talk about a woman's topic, some women's topics after um, the top of the hour. I'm going to talk about what I have observed and thought about what women want over the period of time that uh, I've been a, a son, um, then a husband, a father, and now a widower. Um, I have, you know, been through that full thing and ready to actually start over and do something much, much different, you know, than, um, before this time, uh, no kids will, well, you know, I don't have, I don't have small children that, uh, will be around. Uh, I, I, I don't know what, I don't know what life looks like going forward. I'm very excited about it though. There is a new lease that I have on life, uh, right now. And, and I got to tell you something that, um, the grief process can be absolutely crushing until, um, it gets lifted. And I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, mine has been, mine has been lifted and, Going forward, America, as I was saying to you here about this thing that we are facing, um, I was talking to you when I left about how these elites are going to run this thing. And it's very much like it was back in high school. You know, as I was telling you, I I was... I was a cool kid. I have huge hair, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know, and uh, I was doing that thing, you know, with the people that did the thing that I did, you know, and we ran these cliques, right? But there was then this, this governing body, uh, 
you know, those who were student council presidents and they were um, senators. And of course, I was one, too. Um, you know, but I was probably representing a party. I was probably representing a faction of the, of the student body that the socialist looked down their noses at. They've always been around. They've always been around. Now, Kamala Harris is one of the socialists. She's a socialite. The only way she gets to be where she is right now is because she has been willing and was willing to play the game. Now, if you have gone through the grieving process and all this type of stuff and through this COVID uh, thing, if that has been a part of your life, you're vulnerable to that. If you don't have a good sense of self, you're vulnerable to what the Democrats are going to be cooking. You're going to almost like eating it because it's it's going to be a comfort food uh, for you. It's going to be like uh, meatloaf and potatoes. Man, that sounds great. <laughs> but the comfort food that they're offering you is free stuff. Free stuff. You remember spread the wealth around. But you may forget how far the wealth goes. We've never had to think about it before because we never had to think about it. But now that we have arrived here at the socialist Democrat stepping into the atmosphere of communism in this country, we had better pay close attention to how all of this is going to be paid for because you're going to run out of money. You can't feed everybody. If you were the wealthiest person on your block, if you were the bomb on your block, do you know that uh, if everybody on your block depended on you to feed them, you'd eventually run out of money. And what happens then if they were depending on you to feed them? Well, that's easy. You all go hungry. Everybody gets hungry because, as Margaret Thatcher once said, eventually you do run out of other people's money. Everybody goes hungry. So, that is what is going to happen. That is what will happen if you allow them to get back in there. Guess who else you're going to see? You're going to see Susan Rice. She'll show back up. Oh, Eric Holder will probably show up again, too. Joe Biden comes back. Sure. They weren't going to go anywhere when Hillary, if Hillary had become president. Oh, Valerie Jarrett, she'll be back. 
Barack Obama will be the de facto president of the United States again if Kamala Harris becomes president of the United States. Might as well throw Joe overboard. He's not, Joe, Joe is just the vehicle that they're trying to use to get Kamala and Barack back in the White House or get Barack back in the White House. Oh, you hadn't heard that before, had you? Of course not. You hadn't heard that. But it's true. Joe Biden, push him out of the picture. Might as well just go ahead and push him out of the picture if, in fact, they win. God forbid in the name of Jesus. God forbid. And when I come back after the, on the other side of the, the, um, Break after the news break, top of the hour. I want to deal with that idea that's floating around, even college campuses, when it comes to attacking fundamental faith and evangelical faith in this country, even Catholicism. It's going to come up big time here um, during this confirmation hearing of Amy Coney Barrett. And by the way, I I meant to tell you at the very beginning of the show, I will be on Newsmax TV. I'll be on Newsmax TV um, 3 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Eastern. I'll be coming up on Newsmax TV today, today, 3 p.m. Eastern. And so um, those of you out there across the talk monster spectrum, be sure to tune that in. Newsmax TV, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern today is the hit time that I have been given. Are you a ward or do you want to be a ward of the state? Equal housing for everybody. You know what it looks like? Tell you what it looks like. You may not. You may be one of those towns that don't have this, but uh, tell you what it looks like. Go to the most run-down housing tenement or apartment in your area. The most run-down. And if you don't have tenements and housing apartments in in your area, uh, drive by the most run-down house in your area. And then imagine there is just row and row and row and row of those kinds of houses all around your neighborhood or all around your town. That's where the equally housed live. Oh, no, it's, it's no, it's not going to be uh, luxury apartment buildings that the equally housed are lived, living in. No, no, no. Equal housing for all means everybody lives equally the same in hovels. That's the only way you can afford that. And it it, it had to be a hovel in order to afford it because, you know, you will have reduced utilities. Uh, You know, nobody's gas will gas and energy and that type thing um, will be mostly just green or whatever that means. Whatever that means. I mean, it'll be green. It doesn't make sense uh, that there would be anything else. If everybody has equal housing Everything has to be green because we would you Republicans, you you conservatives, we 
people who are patriotic. We would have lost this fight if you wake up in America and everybody uh, who needs it and who wants it to, uh, and who, who has not left the country <laughs> in New Zealand with me. <laughs> You'll be living in a hovel. Oh, you'll you'll have the job they want you to have, and you'll get paid what they want you to get paid. Oh, there will be some essential jobs, like mayor of the city, uh, the person who's in charge this year and next year, the next two or three years of stealing uh, whatever funds come in from the already depleted um, treasury. It's going to be bad. The only way it gets better is if we get back to doing what we were doing before this pandemic hit, and that is unbridling the greatest wealth-producing machine that the world has ever known. And that is is America's uh, economic engine. Capitalism. American capitalism. That is what causes success. The free market. Less, fewer regulations on business. Let business do what business does. And that is create job opportunities so that you can hire people to make money who will create more business in a free market system. Because, okay, let's just say that you have a a dairy. Oh, no, not a dairy. Let's say you have a sandwich shop. It's lunchtime. In America right now, let's say you have a sandwich shop and it's successful. My goodness, uh, in your sandwich shop alone, man, during lunch hour, you can seat 50 people and you got 25 people in line waiting to be uh, take their order and to be served. Things are rocking along. You're making money. You hire the sandwich maker back there, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to hire. And, and he's been with you. She's been with you. Whoever. They've been with you for a while. And I'll be back. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Hey, we have been um, talking about some things. Hey, we just need to talk about. And I was um, telling you that I was going to uh, look at this thing. It's a book that has been written. And uh, it's written by uh, this fellow's name is Lawrence W. Reed, a friend of mine up in Utah, Kathy, Kathy Smith. You've um, heard me interview Kathy before, uh, gave me this book. And it uh, is written by Lawrence W. Reed. There are rumblings and ideas on college campuses and even in churches around this country right now when we look at the socialist uh, takeover of the Democrat Party they try to justify the religious aspect of it by saying that Jesus was a socialist and friends let me tell you something now look I'm talking about my own discipline here I've studied um, for years listen I've been since I was a kid Okay, little kid. And uh, I left it for a while and came back to it. Mm-hmm. Left it and came back to it. I'm of the mind that if your faith can't be tested, it can't be trusted. If, if you're in a, you know, a, a situation where uh, people um, just despise you because you ask questions about what they're wanting you to believe, then there's something about that thing that you, you, you really can't trust. What I really liked about my mom and dad's brand of um, Christianity, even though they were Baptists, you know, and my dad was a Baptist deacon. He was born Catholic, but, you know, um, he became a Baptist deacon. My mom saw to that. Um, is that they were accepting of whoever you were whatever you may have believed they they were just very strong and very you know sure about what they believed themselves and they were unflappable in their own beliefs but I know that they had friends who and, and understand that the era that I'm talking about we go back to the era where Black people were coming educationally into their own, and you had the the ascension of black doctors and lawyers. And even though my father only had a third grade education, he was able to move in those circles because of his achievements uh, economically. You know, and his business acumen and the type of people that he knew and and that type of thing. He was very valuable to people who were far, far more educated than he was, because even though they may have had an education, they still had no clout. They had no influence. And so um, it was necessary. It was it was even though they were some of them, I would say, bourgeois, you know, very in education, people who are highly educated and all that kind of thing. They many times they may not have any money. But they sure uh, can be snooty. Yeah. 
Yeah. So their idea is that Jesus had to be a socialist. And this book is being heralded and was heralded by uh, people like Steve Forbes, uh, who was once on the board, who may still be on the board. uh, I can't. Steve Forbes says a timely, lively, learned and well argued masterpiece that deftly demolishes the claim that Jesus was at heart a Marxist. And that's what Kamala, Kamala Harris wants you to believe, right? reads impressively deep knowledge of economics and the New Testament shines through. Yeah. And, and, and so this idea that I, I've, I've talked to you about this before is also where the church has gotten off track. And has loaned its services to big government too. And what has big government done for the church since the church loaned itself, prostituted itself out to big government, uh, wanting tax exempt statuses and all this type thing. Uh, Government then uh, tells them who they can and who they cannot uh, have in their pulpits politically. You shouldn't be able to tell a church that. But government was wanting to to tell them that until this president struck all that down. The Johnson Johnson Amendment struck it down. Huh? Oh, churches were afraid of their tax exempt status or were they? It was just easier for them to go along to get along at that point in time. Right. Oh, yeah. But here are here churches want to buy into I'm your, the brother's keeper idea. And, and and I know that, you know, there are some out there who may want to brand me as a heretic for saying this because it's become so much a part of American lore and doctrine in these modern times. That it, that it, it, it's, it's almost gospel. When it's not this statement that I am my brother's keeper, you are your brother's keeper, or we should be our brother's keeper. That is probably the most fallacy laden, crazy idea that we as Americans can possibly embrace. Somehow we think that that is uh, something that is, it's just noble uh, you know, and, and, and something that should be highly valued and prized as uh, a human uh, uh, accomplishment or something we're reaching for or we should reach for. But huh, it's not. I told you, you should know. I don't know if you heard me say this before. I've said it many times right here on this air. And I've said it many times across the country. And by the way, I'm going to be on Newsmax TV um, here uh, 3 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Eastern. I'll be on Newsmax TV. Be sure to tune it in. Newsmax TV. Today, 3 o'clock Eastern. Cain 
as the story goes, killed his brother Abel. I'll call it jealousy. Call it, uh, you know, ticked off with God. Ticked off maybe with his parents because maybe they liked Abel better. Who knows what was going on there? But the bottom line is Cain killed his brother Abel. It's, as far as scripture is concerned, the first recorded death is the first recorded uh, uh, physical death. Well, of a human being, anyway. That um, we know of. There, there had to be some shedding of blood to clothe Adam and Eve's nakedness. So this is the first human death that we become aware of. And it tells a story about a God who asked a question that he already knew the answer to. And that's where the attorneys get the the idea that, you know, whenever you ask a question, always know the answer to it before you ask it. If you're going to be questioning someone, know, know what the answer truly is, because you're going to get what they tell you. Okay, and I was a paralegal. I had a paralegal certificate years ago when I lived up in Tampa. I had a paralegal. And here's to paralegals because you know if you're a paralegal and you know if you're an attorney. We're the people who really do a lot of that footwork. Oh, yeah, you got the brilliant mind and you've been to the. uh, But we know to ask the right question and then listen for the answer that we already know the answer to. God asked in this story, Cain, a question that he already knew the answer to. The purpose was to hear what Cain would say to himself and to God about his brother's death. You know what his sarcastic remark was back to God when he was asked, uh, where's your brother? His blood cries out to me from the ground. Uh, Sarcastically, and I'm going to put it in modern day phraseology. Cain said, hey, it's not my day to keep him. (laughs) Am I supposed to be keeping him today? Am, Am I supposed to be keeping him today? I don't know where he is. Am I my brother's keeper? That's where that phrase originated. It comes out of the mouth of the first murderer on earth. And okay, you want to take me out and have me flog for uh, being um, a heretic for defacing one of the sacred cows of what we think is noble and good is to be your brother's keeper. Well, I guess I'll just have to be flogged as a heretic because that was never, has never been the intent of our relationship with each other. 
The relationship that we have with one another has always been and can't and should always be based upon what each one of us individually bring to the table, not trying to. And, yeah, if there's someone weak among us in our family, of course, we're always going to take care of them. But your brother should never be looking to you to be his or or your sister should never be looking to him or you to be their keeper. Because if, if, if that occurs, then someone has to determine how long you're kept, how well you're kept, what degree you're kept, if you're kept at all, if you're kept better than the person next to you. You don't want that. That creates the codependency that makes you a ward of the state. Whereas you can be your brother's friend is helper your neighbor's friend their helper when they're running up against something tough and you can help sometimes you can't you can be their helper but if you run up against hard times who keeps you that is the question what do we do when we run out of other people's money when we run out of the keeper's money, you got to understand this. Uh, I don't care how wealthy you are. If you're taking care of a whole bunch of folks, they can only get a little of a, at a time of what you got. Doesn't matter how wealthy you are. If you're taking care of a whole bunch of folks, they can only get a little bit of what you got at a time. Otherwise, you have nothing for yourself. And eventually, you have to stop keeping them. Because self-preservation is... Uh, I don't, I mean, it's the only thing that people will kill for is to eat and to breathe. A person, a per, the most mild-mannered person will kill you to eat and to breathe. Self-preservation always will win out. Yeah. That's why you be careful when you're approaching a drowning person. They will pull you under. They will drown you too because they're trying to preserve themselves. It's a natural thing. It happens. And America... There is this sense, especially during, it wasn't before coronavirus. No, it wasn't before coronavirus. We, we had the feeling that we were swimming strong. We were, you know, I'm not the strongest swimmer. I can make it across the pool. <laughs> but uh, we were stroking, swimming strong in our American pool. And then... We began to get this sense, this feeling that we, we're, we weren't able to, to stay afloat. We were not, weren't able to tread water, well, that we were just treading water. In fact, right now, it feels as though that's what we're doing far too much, is treading water. Hey, all I can tell you is this. Jesus wasn't a socialist. 
But the church will go that way if, in fact, we continue on this path. You're already seeing it where you have these uh, white ministers getting up in the pulpit telling their congregants, hey, uh, you know, uh, we should all embrace or apologize for our whiteness. Oh, it's going on. It's happening. You can. They want you to apologize for your whiteness. And you're, there are too many pastors of too many flocks around this country who are aiding and abetting that type of lunacy. Please. Please. Nothing you can do about the past, folks. But uh, you can't allow these ideas to invade your entire life. Or is it too late? Is, is that a chilling thought? Communist Kamala, if she gets anywhere near the Oval Office, you might as well move to a country where there's, they've been doing this socialist thing for a long time. Or do you stay around and fight for it? Let's talk about that for a minute after the break. Because I've been asked, and when I tell friends, hey, listen, I might as well just take off to New Zealand and go somewhere like that. And, uh, you know, yeah. Is your CL, you wouldn't stay and fight for America? I'll tell you the pros and the cons of doing that if Joe Biden wins the White House. I'll tell you the pros and the cons of that when I return with more of the C.L. Bryant show right here, live in living color on Red State Talk Radio. The talk monster throughout the Fruited Plains, the most listened to talk in the nation. And we are broadcasting live around the globe if you're traveling through Times square look up above ripley's believe it or not and you will see the red state talk billboard that you can become a part of every hour the cl bryant show does pop up on that billboard no cl's face is looking right back at you don't go anywhere i'll be right back Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
C.L. back with you on this great day in the USA, the eve or the just hours away, about four or five, five hours away, six hours away from the presidential, vice presidential debate series between or the single debate between um, president, vice president Mike Pence, someone I've known since before he became Congressman Pence. Um, back in Indiana, we did Kill the Bill together more nine, ten years ago now. About 10 years ago now. And um, communist Kamala Harris. One of them I know for certain knows and understands the precepts and principles of America. The other would like to fundamental change this country to something that would drive you and me out of it. And I have been asked, as I was saying to you before, I uh, went to break. CO, you're talking about going to New Zealand if uh, Joe Biden wins the presidency. He might as well go to a uh, place where they know what how to do socialism. Because America will certainly be on its way. Well, CL, you're not going to start try and stay and fight for the republic? Well, it's already the longest uh, surviving republic uh, of, our, of our type, democracy of our type, republic and democracy of our type that's ever existed on the face of the earth. And friends, I I have to tell you this, I hate to tell you this, but I have to tell you this, that if Joe Biden wins the presidency of the United States and Kamala Harris becomes his VP, then something terribly, terribly wrong, bad, and I do fear irreversible, will have happened. In this country. And. uh, By it being irreversible. That means that we have lost. I mean, I want you to understand the 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 magnitude of, of what is going on here. It means that. From the time that you took prayer out of school, Matlin Murray O'Hare, and all the, all the way up to the time that you are killing full-term uh, babies, you're, you're, you're killing them up until this present time. You're, you're killing them. Couple all of that or, or connect all of that to the fact that now you have a Democrat party, the party of FDR, a party of John Kennedy, Yeah, party of even uh, before it became totally socialist, Bill Clinton. The last uh, decent Democrats that you had as president of the United States. And and, and, hey, listen, I'm not saying that Barack Obama was a, a, a sleazebag or anything, but he was a socialist. Not in the fame and not in the vein of, of Kamala Harris, although uh, he will be back in the White House. If you elect Joe Biden, and I think some some of you may think that's a good thing, but if you're black, it's sure it's sure it's sure not. He didn't do you any good when he was in there before. You were out of work. Your children were out of work. You were mad then, and for some reason, you were getting you was about to be happy. 
But uh, the Chinese government uh, messed that up. And the Democrats, why don't you believe that it's because of the president who uh, made the unemployment rate among blacks the lowest that it had ever been? They want you to think it's his fault. And your common sense, because it has been shuffled and blown out of your your um, way of thinking altogether. You want to believe that it's his fault. When you ought to know doggone well, it can't possibly be can't possibly be his fault that the prosperity that you were about to experience has gone away. No, it can't be his fault. But here we are about to see this fundamental change take place if these polls, listen, they're tightening, the polls are narrowing and, and you gotta, the good news is these polls were almost exactly in the place that they were this point in the time when Hillary Clinton was uh, running for president of the United States against Donald John Trump. The polls were very much the same. And the, the thing that I know and the thing that you should know is that there is no way Joe Biden is in any way as popular as Hillary Clinton. There is no way that he is any way as popular as she is. So unless uh, I'm missing something, then the, the polls have to be wrong. But if they're right, or if for some reason this election is stolen... And Joe Biden becomes president of the United States. It tells you something. It tells me something. And you had better be willing to deal with this and understand what it is you're going to want to do about it. And what you're going to want to do with the rest of your life. Because if he becomes president of the United States, the fundamental change of this nation has taken place. We have, listen, we have seen in the last four years that a president, a duly elected president can be denied due process. That a newly and duly elected president can be assaulted by his own government. And those who launched the assault against that newly and duly elected president can do it with impunity. At least up until this point. Hillary Clinton spearheaded the biggest political hoax the world, the, this country rather, has ever known. I don't know if it's the biggest one the world has ever known, but it's the biggest one this country has ever known. She has spearheaded the biggest hoax this country has ever known. Spearheaded it. It's a crime what she did. You don't hear it on your local TV news. You don't hear anything about it on MSNBC. 
ABC, CBS, you don't hear anything about it. CNN, forget about it. It's not there. But it's true that she committed that crime. Nobody's going to jail. It doesn't appear over what James Comey has done. So my point is this. I would love to fight for a republic that could be fought for and saved with the effort of fighting. Yeah, I would definitely stay and fight for that republic. I would fight for the one that exists right now. I'm fighting for it. I'm doing everything I possibly can to fight for it. But my friends, my fellow Americans, American citizens, let me tell you something. If you wake up on November 4th or 5th, maybe 7th or 8th, I don't know just how this is going to run. None of us do. None of us know how um, heinous political crime, what what heinous political crimes are going to be made uh, here in these next 28 days. But I can tell you this, that if you wake up on, on, on November the 4th or whatever date in November, we wake up and we find that Joe Biden appears to have won the presidency, you need to know that it's over. I'm not just saying that. You need to know that everything that has been put into changing who we are as a people would have been accomplished because you would have ousted. Man. You you would have ousted uh, the reprieve that God gave to this nation. And those of you who are able to do it, you might as well go and find a place to live it up because America would have fallen. I don't know if we can call her the the Babylon of um, revelations or not, but she would have fallen. And the people that they want to have in place will be in place. Bernie Sanders will be in charge of economy. They will be in place. Where will Acacia, what place will Ocasio-Cortez fit into all of this? Because uh, if Joe Biden wins, she would have been instrumental in putting him in the White House. And folks, you need to know that the liberals, the the Democrats are ticked off this election cycle. They're going to, they're showing up. They're already voting in droves. They're already doing it. I do not want to be the harbinger or the bringer of um, uh, bad news. I certainly don't. But I want to be the person who uh, always checks us into reality. And the reality check that you need to uh, understand right now is that uh, there's some stuff going on. Yeah, in this country right now. That um, there are... Very many. Very many. There are a lot of them. Black folks in particular. Who are. 
buying into it. The fact that they, they, they want to be wards of the state. And, and, and what are you going to do with uh, Ocasio-Cortez? How does she fit into all of that? How does she fit into the Biden scenario? She will have to fit prominently because she's delivering these votes. I know that Republicans, conservatives, you very seldom get motivated unless you are frightened. I want to frighten you. Because there won't be there won't be any going back from the death that will occur if of this nation there there won't be any reviving it. The policies that will be instituted under the weight of a Biden or a Harris administration will crush what was once the greatest economy. The world has ever known we're, we're at the point where we're feeling the pressure now. And the only way that we can uh, avoid being crushed by the weight of the pressure that is on us in this country right now is to make certain that we put DJT back in, in, in the White House because he understands business. Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris doesn't. She understands the law, but she doesn't understand business. Ocasio-Cortez certainly doesn't understand business. Joe Biden, he understands business, but he understands business from the shady side of it. He understands how to uh, twist people's arms as vice president of the United States, making sure they do what you want them to do uh, as far as your son is concerned or um, you know, somebody's going to get fired or whatever. Yeah. It, Joe Biden has, of course, tried to teach Barack just how toxic he can be with his words. Joe tried to teach Barack how to be tough. Joe's tough in business. Don't you think that he didn't get kicked back from his sons getting paid, his son Hunter getting paid? But of course, you'd never be able to trace any of that to Joe. If Joe Biden wins this race, I have been asked, CL, you've been talking about going to New Zealand, leaving the country. You mean you wouldn't stay and fight for it? My, my dear friends, I'm afraid that if Joe Biden were to win this race, the message would be clear to everybody. America as we know it is over. It, has breathed, it would have breathed its last gasp. You had a chance for the reprieve. You had a reprieve going until COVID hit. You saw the stock market hitting places that it had never hit before. Oh, yes. It was hitting the spots that was good to everybody who likes to see investments just soar. It was it was it was brilliant. It was happening what was happening to our economy. Unemployment was low among 
black people historically, Latinos historically, women in the last 60 years, unemployment was down, down, down. And opportunities for business startups were up, up, up. Even I was going to investigate doing something before coronavirus hit. And so, if Joe Biden becomes president of the United States, then you'll have the Harris administration with Joe Biden stepping off to the side. And it will be just as though the agenda for the Clinton administration will kick in. And that agenda would have been the continuation of the Obama plan to fundamentally change America. And as I ask you at the beginning of uh, this segment or the, of this hour, do you want to be a ward of the state? Well, if you didn't want to be a ward of the state, and if you spoke against those who were wards of the state, you then would be punished. Because it looks like Tillis may hold on to his seat in the Senate in North Carolina because of the scandal that's erupted over his opponent's sexual, well, his, you know, improprieties. Well, he didn't do anything other than send a, a note to somebody who wasn't his wife in a provocative way. Yeah. Just don't do that, fellas. You just don't do that. Do you do understand why they call it social media? It's it's things that are shared among other people socially. And it's global. There's no way to escape it. So unless you're an idiot, don't do it. I'll get back to why. Uh, you should be thinking of plan B if Joe Biden wins the White House. The polls say he's going to win it, but they also said Hillary Clinton's going to win it. But the polls are tightening up, and guess who is about to step back into the limelight? Yeah, DJT. He's going to start feeling better uh, here over the weekend. He'll be ready to go next week for the 15th debate that he'll be in uh, Miami with Joe Biden. I'm CL. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL Holmes, Judge of the CL Bryant Show today. And, um... In honor of Wise Woman Wednesday, I want to sort of do the flip side of that. The women of the Democrat Party who have been very unwise. And one of them, of course, will take the stage tonight. And all of you wise women out there, particularly those of you who send me... um, suggestions for wise women and uh, those who sent me Sue uh, who sent me uh, Trombino Sue, um, uh, the Trombino last um, week or the week before I can't remember it was the week before I think it was now you understand you will understand what I'm saying and this is what I don't understand I don't understand how any mother who is seeing what her children are going through with the school thing right now and and uh, maybe even the effects that it's having on them in ways that we think are just kids acting out and all this kind of stuff. It, it may not be that at all. It may be the fact that kids need to be around other kids socially. And school is basically where that, that basically happens. Basically where you learn, you cut your teeth on how to be a social animal and that you become that. It's where you find your place in life. Yeah. Sometimes you have to go down the road and overcome those things that you um, falsely found on your way to being an adult in high school and places like that. And sometimes they go all the way back to elementary school where you um, became that person who you are today. Sometimes it, it goes all the way back to that. But I can't see what mother seeing the trauma that uh, the Democrats have allowed to happen in their own streets of their own of the cities that they run, how you could possibly want that overall for your nation. Oh, I know that there are uh, shouts and calls for uh, a president who's kinder and gentler and who speaks softer and all that type of thing. I, I know that I understand that even the president understands that uh, there are people who just do, do not like his temperament. They don't like his way he speaks and the tone of his his speak. They don't like that. They don't like that about him. You know what I got to say about it? And I know that you're going to uh, hate me for saying it. So what? That he talks tough. So what that he has a tough demeanor? We've heard we've heard the syrupy sweet stuff that comes from people like Obama. And Bill Clinton. NAFTA was the biggest fiasco for trade that our, our country has ever known. Free stuff from Obama, uh, fundamental change. Yeah, NAFTA was Clinton. Fundamental change was Obama. All of it presented to us with flowery and sweet words of the politician. But on the other hand, 
the lowest job rates, uh, uh, lowest uh, unemployment rates, job unemployment rates among black people happened under the administration of a tough-talking president. Lowest unemployment rates for Latinos, unemployment rates for Latinos historically in this country came from the tough talk of this president. Women, opportunities for you historically over the last 60 years came back to you because of the tough talk of this president. Military, the United States military has been rebuilt even through the tough talk of this president. Enterprise zones and opportunity zones for black business in this country has occurred even through the tough talk of this president. Energy independence has occurred because of the tough talk of this president. All of the syrupy and flowery words that were talked to us by past politicians before Donald John Trump became president of the United States, all of that, my friends, (laughs) I'm telling you, all of that happened because of the tough talk of this president. And you're going to tell me that because of you don't like the way he talks, you dismiss the actions. I believe then that we become too doggone sheepish, too soft for our own good. We then become too sheepish, too soft, too much of a snowflake for our own good. If we cannot stand to hear someone speak plainly, truthfully, from their gut and their soul to us, we have totally lost it, Americans, if we have gotten to that point then we have lost it. And if that becomes the order of the day in the White House, and if the Senate is lost, then then you might as well, they're, they're going to push through all of the stuff that would absolutely fundamentally change this nation. They're going to push it through. They're going to push it all through. And what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You're not going to do anything about it. Because they're puni- they will punish you. This is your last chance to escape what is coming up on you, and that is to reelect the horse that we have already in the stable. Don't put him out to pasture. You got to keep him in the stable. Otherwise, this new guy that you are wanting, some polls, and I think they're skewed, no doubt about it. This new guy that you're wanting to come in, 
You're not going to want him long. In fact, he won't be in long. He'll find a way to step down. And Kamala will become president of the United States, killing two birds with one stone, getting rid of the old white guy, running against the old white guy, and, um, I don't know, finding, I don't know, what happens to us in real time if Kamala Harris becomes um, the president of the United States, because that's what's going to happen. And so that's why I was saying, to those who are asking, uh, you know, well, what do we do if Joe wins? As for me, I'm going where they know how to do socialism. And I don't, I don't instead of going through the growing pains of what socialism is going to look like in the country that I love so much, I might as well just, just leave here. It, it, it will be over. As much as I love it, and I'm sure, of course, uh, you might as well go and live somewhere else because we would have lost. Are you hearing me? We would have lost. It will be over. And the socialists would have won and they will have successfully vilified conservatives and Republicans to a point where your children will help them turn on you. You already have face mask snitches. You already have face mask snitches. You're going to have conservative. Oh, they, they said something conservative at the table the other night. They'll be in your own family. A man's own enemies will sit at his table. That's where we are. And that's where we're trying to avoid. And you have 28 days to avoid it. And you had better pray that you don't wake up on November 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, or 8th, whatever it is going to be. Because uh, unless, unless... Donald John Trump can win by landslide. You, my friends, are going to have a race that is going to be incredibly contested. Incredibly contested. If it's close, it will. You may actually wind up with Nancy Pelosi not just holding the speaker's gavel, but you may wind up with Nancy Pelosi acting as president of the United States if we cannot come to some type of um, election decision by the 20th of January, 2021. If we have not come to an election Electoral decision by 20 January 20th, 2021, you will see Nancy Pelosi or whoever may be uh, in the majority there in the Senate become president 
of the United States. Well, that is the long and the short of it, friends. And if you don't want to see that happen, you don't have to see it happen. You can change it by being right now mobilized, right now mobilizing others, right now determined to go, every one of you, every one of you who can vote early. And if it wasn't unscrupulous, I'd say vote often <laughs> because the Democrats are going to do that. Oh, uh, you probably may see your uncle Hector, who's been dead for 20 years voting this time around. And he was a Republican during life, but he became a Democrat when he died. You're going to see everything played. Everything is going to be played. So, my friends, um, let's just make sure that you don't get this twisted, that you understand what's at stake here. It can be very frightening what's about to happen. But we don't have to let this fiasco collapse of our American society happen. We don't have to do it. Stand up, wake up, vote. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I am able to talk to you again, my heartfelt desire for each and every one of you is that God would bless and keep you all. Mm-hmm.